This is the Power of Public Value podcast from Cardiff Business School, where we explore the positive impact of public value in everything that we do. My name is Peter Wells. I am the Pro Dean of Public Value in Cardiff Business School. Our guest today is Professor Jane Lynch. Jane is Professor of Procurement at Cardiff Business School. She's the founder and director of the Centre of Public Value Procurement. Jane has been taking the world by storm with her irrepressible energy and a desire to make a difference in everything that she does. We do not have time to cover all her contributions. But today in this episode, we are going to focus on one very important initiative that Jane has been instrumental in establishing, and that's the role of public value in procurement. What led you to the point where you wanted to create this Centre of Public Value Procurement? Oh, thank you, Peter, and thanks for the opportunity um, to have this chat this morning. It's the Centre of Public Value Procurement. I think for a, I'm not, I didn't start my journey off as an academic. I started off in industry, but most of my work in the last 15 years has been with the public sector. And I guess really um, observations and going to different co- academic conferences and meeting um, fellow academics and listening to the work, the pioneering work that they're doing and realising that the issues around procurement being a strategic lever within the organisation, whether it's private, public, third sector, are the same. We all face the same challenges. And even in the academic world, we still struggle to get procurement seen as as, as strategic. And I, and I guess really from my own experiences as a buyer in retail, but also um, observing other actions that have happened in the public and private sector and third, where the struggles are sometimes, is that what we... Th- what we sometimes consider to be sustainable procurement actually doesn't necessarily deliver public value. So the idea around public value really strung a chord with me when um, we wrote the public value strategy in the um, in the business school. And um, uh, Martin Kitchener, Professor Martin Kitchener, was then dean, yes, yeah. and I was sat on. Um, um, shadow management board at the time and it was just something that that struck a res I, I could easily um, relate to it it was something that fitted moment. really well into all of the things that I was doing when we talk about um, supply chain management we talk about purchasing procurement sourcing however you want to talk about it we need to do these things responsibly and it's really thinking about you know we tend to be quite we previously tend to be quite blinked in our approach and understanding of sustainability in that we're addressing one of three, or in Wales, definitely four pillars. So social, economic, environmental, and in Wales, we focus a lot more on cultural and heritage side of things. But actually balancing all of those pillars when you're making decisions, and particularly when you're going out to sourcing, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's really tricky. And I think that, you know, the questions that we now need to ask ourselves with the climate agenda is that we've really got to start thinking about, you know, what we buy today, what impact is that going to have on tomorrow? And really, we've for too long now focused much more on the short term. And we now have to start thinking back to the long term in many respects. I feel that what we're doing today isn't necessarily innovative. We're actually going in full cycle. Yes, but you are very much tying it to that future generations ethos. And, yeah, and obviously, I'm a strong believer in yeah, that, yeah, and very a, much so. A, a, yeah. An important element of the Welsh yeah. kind of setting nowadays. It's. Well, I think we're very, very fortunate in Wales that we've got the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act, and I was very much part of the conversation in the early design of that. It was started off with the Wales We Want campaign. What would we like Wales to look like in 2050? And what do we think are the important values that will help us to achieve that? Um, so, yeah, I, I you know, I, I try 
try to embed those ways of working into what I do on a day-to-day basis. But to be honest with you, there's something that we do naturally anyway, If, if and I think academics are, uh, are natural collaborators anyway, aren't they, Peter? Well, some of them are, James. Some of them are. <laughs> some of them are slightly more you know, lonely characters. Uh, I see you brought a prop in for us. Yeah, could you I explain have, a little yes. bit about the okay, uh, okay. Have a look at that. Okay. When you asked me to bring a prop in, I sat in the garden and thought, prop, 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 what on earth am I going to bring this? Looking around the house, all the, the little um, trinkets that I've got from my various travels, things that I treasure from year upon year. But actually, I bought this really tacky thing in today. <laughs> that, that is truly tacky. <laughs> but what I think about this little tacky thing is right. is, is quite interesting, actually. Okay. I think it is anyway. Okay, so um, yes, this is this is you know a, a little cheap mirror which I bought because my I my now granddaughter I've got a granddaughter and a grandson and right. my granddaughter is almost two years old, and when she comes to see me, the first thing she does is she goes running up the stairs to my dressing table, which is mirror, okay. and sits and looks at the mirror table, gets my brush out starts brushing her hair or oh, pretending brilliant. to okay. Okay. and so I thought when it was Christmas I thought I'm going to buy her this little mirror so she's got her own little mirror and the great thing about it is that when you do this it plays a little tune and the first time that she looks at it <clears throat> she um, is going wow oh wow oh wow Peter, I'm from the generation where we didn't do selfies. We didn't take photos of ourselves right. photos were probably a once in a year occasion Today's society is obsessed with looking at themselves in the mirror and reflecting on what they think other people are thinking yes, and how they judge yes, them. Yeah. And we've either got to, we've either got to, um, you know, we've either got to reject it or we've got to embrace it in some way. Why I think this is an important piece is because I think that to really embed sustainable public value into everything that we do, it starts with us. Uh-huh. So a lot of what I do in terms of workshops, executive training is about particularly around sustainability and also collaborative working and innovation is very much about saying, well, who is your innovation champion in your organisation? Who's your sustainability champion? Who's your collaboration champion? Who knows and lives and breathes everything about that? And you can go to them and say, how do I do X, Y and Z? Um, what frameworks or toolkits are available for me to do that? And I think that unfortunately today, everybody needs to be a champion. Right. So we all have and to I look think, in the mirror in that sense. So we all need to now look at, take a hard look in the mirror right. at ourselves. Yes, yes. And I think very much so. So when, you know, as I've progressed through this journey, I've started to take a long, hard look at myself. And I can tell you, I'm by no means perfect. But definitely starting to think about how I can change what I do as an individual uh-huh. and how the values that I preach on a day-to-day basis, I, am I actually living and breathing those? Yeah, this is interesting because uh, I think in the past, a lot of academia was, was about objectively and separately yeah. looking at the world. Yeah. And, and yeah. what you're saying is that this is much more about integrating. Yeah, yes. yeah. And, Very and much so. Public value speaks yeah. to that. In yeah. Some so, respects. I mean, I had a student work, an MBA student, did a brilliant piece of work actually on um, transport spend in the university. That was oh, an interesting okay, one. Because, okay. of course, as academics, we've been encouraged yes, to build yes. our international profile. And it made me think hard and fast about what the way that I travel as well. And so actually I um, was out going out to Milan to do some work as I uh-huh. did quite regularly. But instead of doing the usual easy jet flight at zero cost or very little cost, I decided to take the train uh, and just see what the cost benefit yes, yes, was yes, and the yes, trade-off. And how was that? And it was fabulous. Yeah, okay, it was. Nice. 
So I think the other thing to think about that little plastic mirror is that, you know, somebody's going to easily look at me and say, come on, you're representing public value and sustainability and you show us this cheap bit of plastic. The point is that we've now got to start challenging where we buy things from. We've got to start being much more curious about who produce them. And that goes to cl- something like clothing, shoes. So if we're buying a T-shirt for three pounds, well, yeah, how is that possible? How, does that, how is that possible when it's travelled halfway <laughs> yes. across the Funnily world? Enough, I was saying to my own students the other day that they should go to St. Fagans and go around the big house there, you know, the yeah, big house yeah, in St. Fagans in, in the museum. Well, if you go inside, they yeah. have, uh, they have some of the rooms are on display. In one of the rooms is a child's cot. Oh, yeah. This cot was yeah. handed down from one generation to another generation and so on in the family because it was a treasured item. You know, th- th- Someone had put real love into this thing. Third lesson from my little uh, mirror is that what will happen when that mirror comes to the end of its life? So what I've got to teach my granddaughter to do is to look after it so that it'll still be usable in a couple of years' time. And then when she's finished playing with it, is that I, and so what I'll do to keep her interest in one thing is I'll take it away occasionally and bring it back out again. Ah, okay. For today's society, we have everything readily available to us mm-hmm. all of the time and we expect it. So there's no excitement anymore mm-hmm. or very little excitement. What we've got to do is create, recreate that excitement and teach the younger generation to look after things that we buy. And a good illustration of that is my second prop. I know I'm not allowed to bring two props, but this was actually my son's. And my son is um, 31 now. Okay. And this is one of the Brio train sets. Yes, Gordon. And I I've think, kept isn't it? it. It's timeless. <laughs> Percy, I think. That is Percy, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> this is the first one he had. Right. And we've got them all. We've got them all. Right. But I know there are a few little dents in here, but actually, you wouldn't know that's probably about Indeed, 28 years old. And I passed on the one from my son to my grandson. Yeah. He had a whole set. So much pleasure from doing that. They get so much pleasure. My son gets Mm -hmm. so much pleasure. I get so much pleasure. And it'll keep going for another however many, another 30 years easily. It's timeless. So I guess really it's about looking after the things that we buy um, and to be able to use them. But how do you build that sort of interest in longevity into procurement? Because procurement is very... It's tricky. You're working in one financial year, next financial year. And that's part of the problem. And I think that, you know, so um, some of the work that we've been doing through the Infuse programme, which is um European social fund initiative, is working with the Cardiff Capital Region, working with local authorities and health boards and third sector organisations to help and encourage them. And I've been delivering procurement labs to non-procurement professionals for three years okay. and helping them to understand why responsible procurement is everybody's is everybody's role, not just those that work in procurement. And it's interesting how just through a four-week period of a cohort, they can see why, you know, they start to understand the relevance and the importance of bringing procurement in at the earliest conversation. So really getting procurement understood across the organisation. So the inter-organisational boundaries are actually some of the toughest. Right. So that internal collaboration yes. piece is really important. That is interesting because I, I assumed in my naivety that you were mostly about linking organisations up, but you're saying externally that actually, we it, are. But internally, there's a, yeah. there's a the piece of work. The message that I always give to students is that you can't you can't um, source um, externally until you've got your own house in order, mm-hmm. because you're promising one thing, and it may be that you've got misaligned strategies going on in the organisation. Right. A good example of that when I was a buyer is that I offered a, we, we were offered an incentive discount if we paid within a certain time. And what happened? The invoice didn't get paid on that time as agreed. 
And when I contacted finance, they said, oh, well, it's better to, that's not enough. We need more of an incentive. But they hadn't communicated right. what their strategy was right. so that the rest of the organisation could manage that. Yeah. And that's a really good illustration. But what I actually feel now, and the question that I put out there now, the remit for procurement and the expectation of what we're going to deliver, particularly through public sector procurement, is just getting greater and greater. Um, is that it's seen as a strategic lever to develop to, to um, deliver on policy um, and national objectives. But it can only do that with the rest of the organisations on board. Right. So I say, is procurement now advancing at a greater pace than the rest of the organisation? Mm. So particularly, I mean, if, if I take finance as one good example of that and budgets, we've been using the same budgeting silos for donkey's years. Mm -hmm. If we're going to change the way we procure, I'm not saying always, but sometimes to buy more sustainably may cost a little bit more in the long term, in the short term, sorry, but in the long term, the benefits will be far greater. Yeah, and so, so therefore, people, if that's but, the case, yeah. and particularly if you think about if we're looking to reduce waste, for example, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well, that means we're going to have to use less waste budget. So we need to be pulling money from different pots. So right, we need right. to reevaluate um, where the finances are, are being distributed. But then to that make takes better. you into, um, particularly for public sector organisations, takes, takes you into the realm of politics because then you're, you're looking at the short-term cycles does. of the political Certainly system. Does, yeah. How do you see a, a route through that problem? It's a big problem. And it's something that I was communicating with somebody from the Cabinet Office only last week, actually, and saying, we really need to do something about this. So we can, you know, I think having worked with procurement people for a long time, I don't think I've ever been in a room with a procurement person who doesn't want to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're being held back, or it may be that on their day-to-day -day basis, they're making the best informed decisions that are possible at that time. But then suddenly you know, end of year, end of financial year, suddenly they're given X amount of spend mm. and they need to spend it within two weeks. How can you possibly do that and embed social value at the same time in a fair way that opens competition? There needs to be a process for doing, for managing that kind of spend. And, you know, it needs to be consistent and it needs to consider local supply market opportunities. But a lot of that is just really down to building commercial acumen within the procurement function. And that's we, you know, some are far ahead of that curve than others, but it's definitely, and I think COVID was a really good, good lesson for that, right. is that one of the challenges with COVID is that the reality was that a lot of local authorities didn't know who their local suppliers were <laughs> or didn't know what kind of industry sectors lay within their local community because they only knew the ones that were coming forward for bids but through tender process. So I think, you know, what, what we really learned through the COVID um, pandemic period is that we need to understand our market, just like if you're in the public sector, a private sector or third sector. Course, I mean, yes. you wouldn't survive if you didn't know your market. Well, indeed. And I think, um, you know, I can see that uh, your, your, your public value procurement centre is going to be doing a lot of work in this area. I wonder if you could just think a little bit about the university, mm -hmm. you know, um, universities are interesting institutions. They they are they're kind of hotbeds of innovation and yeah. yet incredibly conservative. Yeah. And my feeling is that perhaps the university itself hasn't necessarily embraced a lot of these lessons, even though of course they are supportive of your of your work in in, yeah. in a broad sense. And just I just wonder, it, it, how do you see yourself kind of? changing what the university itself does well i'll think about carefully what i can say in yes public. of course <laughs> we, can, we can work our way i was trying to be quite careful as well 
<laughs> no, but seriously, I have actually been working with our procurement function for a number of years, yes. sitting on a steering group with them and helping them to elevate the role of procurement that delivers on the sustainability agenda. And even though um, higher education, interestingly, doesn't have to necessarily to comply with the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act in Wales, we still act still act like a public sector organisation and it's good to be seen to be leading by example. Leading by example is a term that I use commonly, almost weekly. Well, we're very prominent, across, aren't we? Exactly, absolutely. So there are a couple of things that have happened um, that have tried to help and support. At the end of the day, embedding sustainability values takes time and the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act is a really good testimony of that. So we led, um, so Sophie Howe was then commissioner um, led a procurement review to see how we're procuring well-being in Wales. And the Act came into force in 2015 and we were carrying out the research in 2018 and 19. And we had to pause a little bit because of the pandemic, but we finally published the work in 21. But what we found is that there's a willingness, but actually the rest of the organisation doesn't necessarily understand how to make that happen in practice and doesn't necessarily give the mandate for that to happen in practice either. So that's five, we're talking five years. Yes. It takes a long takes time. time. We haven't got that time. Yes. The other reason I bought my little train in is, you know, that we have to get on, we all have to get on that train. Yeah. And I think the most important thing is that we start to have the right conversations that we're using that language and that language is in every dialogue that we have. So I think, you know, um, last week um, I hosted um, an event um, called Optimising the Welsh Food Supply Chain. Okay. And I was very aware that um, there's a lot of really good practice that goes on, but it's 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 very much in silos. It's mm -hmm. isolated. Mm -hmm. One of the challenges in the supply market with um, with supplying the public sector is scaling up. How do you scale up innovative practices mm -hmm. <clears throat> to supply the public sector? And so um, I contacted the um, Welsh Government, uh, the Foundational Economy Department, and said, look, I see these great things happening, but I don't see any scaling up going on. How about we try and join the dots up on some of these really great things that are happening? Because you know in Wales, we've got this geographical displacement, as it were, or perceived, shall we say. Mm -hmm. So there's great things going on in the south, west, north, Um Look, you know, why don't we all learn from each other? What can we, how can we, how can we share that? So we held a full day workshop. Great. Uh, we started off with a conversation starter in March, a 90 minute Chatham House rule, um, invited some key people in and we had a really open and frank conversation about what we think the issues are. We categorised them. Uh -huh. We then took that learning and we ran a full day workshop last week, which was, which was facilitated by Sean Lloyd, actually. She oh, did an amazing okay. job. Yeah, and it was really well attended. And I have to say how really positive and engaged everyone was. And I wanted everybody to feel involved in the discussion because um, I think that, you know, if you want to really make transformational change, you've got to allow the people who are involved to be part of that solution and to create that solution together. And of course, what this really speaks to yeah. as a almost as a kind of winding up point in a sense but yeah. uh, what this kind of speaks to for me at least is yeah. your networking yeah. um, well you know yeah. well yeah. to to make these things happen yeah. uh, to make public value and procurement work you have to have these networks being formed that cross the organizational boundaries cross the internal ones and yeah. the external ones yeah. and you have to have some means to pull everything together yeah and so I suppose that kind of workshop is a classic example it of is, this. It is, yeah, yeah, it is. And then, you know, I went to another one um, organised um, by Senedd um, two days later. 
and then said, well, actually, why if we knew these events were happening, why didn't we link them up so that everybody could benefit from all of these? So I think there's some really important lessons there. But I think going back to that food workshop and what the university role is, is that I approached catering and I and I had to get uh, minister sign off because Welsh government was sponsoring the event, and we had to get minister sign off. And you, you know, these things take time, and I missed the the ordering deadline. Okay. And initially, I was confronted with, "We can't do this, and we can't do that." And I said, "Look, we're hosting a food event. We need to lead by example here." And I have to say, what they delivered was well above, over and above and beyond. Okay. And they delivered some fantastic food, and everybody was commenting how relevant it was to the event that we were hosting. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah. miracles happen. So they can, they can happen. <laughs> yeah, it can happen. Uh, well, thank you very much, Jane. You know, it's, uh, it's been short, I know, but um, fantastic, a, a, an insight. And um, I know how relentlessly busy you are. Um, and as yeah, are we all? One podcast can't cover it, but no, yeah, who it knows? We haven't even touched one. the surface <laughs> on it. In this episode, yeah. uh, we've explored how public value has been brought to bear on a crucial aspect of uh, public, uh, private, and indeed third sector life, and that's the procurement of goods and services. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been the Power of Public Value podcast from Cardiff Business School. Thank you, Peter. Thank you. Thank you.